Welcome to the latest episode of the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. I'm Adela, the founder of PBC, and today I speak with Jen Berrigan. Jen is the leader of the Podcast Brunch Club chapter in Geneva, Switzerland, and this month, the Geneva chapter took on curating our podcast listening list. The theme for the podcast playlist is climate change, and you can find the episode lineup at podcastbrunchclub.com slash climate change. As a reminder, for those of you who are new, Podcast Brunch Club is like book club, but for podcasts. We have groups all over the world who meet in person to discuss a thematic podcast playlist that we send out monthly. The PBC podcast takes it to the next level. It brings a mini version of one of our PBC discussions directly to your earbuds. Go to podcastbrunchclub.com to sign up for our newsletter, see where we have chapters, and learn about how to start a chapter. And for a more in-depth explanation of PBC, go back and listen to episode zero of this podcast. So as I mentioned earlier, Jen Berrigan is my guest on this episode. She and the Geneva chapter curated the playlist on climate change, and we're looking for answers to some of the biggest questions surrounding climate change. What exactly is it? What's the big deal? Can we do something to stop it? This playlist includes four episodes. Climate change is truly a problem of epic proportions, and there is so much to learn. We hope these episodes and the discussions sparked by them will help you on your journey to become a more informed human. The first episode is from Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips. Hi, I'm Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. It's episode 215, and it's entitled The Science Behind Climate Change. It's a nine-minute, simple primer on the science of climate change. And as much as shows like CSI tend to depict otherwise, a scientific investigation doesn't always take a clear path from one neatly outlined conclusion to the next. Although, to be fair to CSI, they have to wrap up their mystery in under an hour, but climate change science has been around for over 150 years. She even gives you an experiment to perform to prove that carbon dioxide is warming the Earth. Next was the Elephant Podcast episode entitled An Astronaut's View, Seeing the Earth from Space. The handoff has occurred. With support from the Climate Kick Alumni Association, welcome to the Elephant. I'm Kevin Kainers. In this episode, Pierce Sellers, a NASA astronaut and climate scientist, gives us his unique perspective on climate change. It's up to us. It really is up to us to the people living now, particularly the older generation. Uh, who have the power, frankly, uh, to hand over the car keys, you know, to a, to a habitable working planet. Next up was a new podcast called Terrestrial, which explores the choices we make in a world we have changed. The episode chosen for this playlist was entitled, Would You Have Kids Given Climate Change? The generations having kids right now are unique. We're the first to face the decision about whether or not to have kids against the backdrop of climate change. Dry conditions and severe drought that plague much. Absolutely, they could be completely wiped off the map. This has so vast. 60 million Americans will. The host of this podcast, Ashley Ahern, explores various perspectives on whether or not to have children given the type of planet we may be leaving behind for future generations. In my mind, anytime there's a problem, I'm always like, okay, how do we figure out a solution? What if every person chose not to have children? Like, just because of environmental issues. Is that a reason to stop life as a whole? In my mind, no. Finally, we listened to an episode from the United States of Anxiety, 
entitled The Birth of Climate Denial. I'm Kai Wright, and this is the United States of Anxiety Round 2, Culture Wars. And this week, we're looking at the long battle between science, or the effort to understand our world, and political culture, which is to say our debate over how we can live in this world together. It explores the rise of climate denial in the U.S. and delves into how the U.S. went from supporting climate change treaties to where it is today. This is a deliberate strategy that skeptics and deniers use if they can get the media to present skepticism as sort of equal and opposite to science and scientific evidence, then they have won. So those are the episodes that Jen and I discuss. As you listen to the playlist episodes and my discussion with Jen, think about what you want to add to the conversation. If you have any reflections to share or want to comment, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to podcast at podcastbrunchclub.com. Include your name and location if you want. If I get enough of these voice memos, I'm hoping to create a bonus episode with community commentary every month. I hope this will serve as a way to further engage the PBC community. After a quick message from our sponsor, I'll be back with Jen to talk about climate change. Hi, this is Dave Newmark, co-founder of PodSearch, a great new way to discover podcasts. As a member of the Podcast Brunch Club, you know how hard it can be to find great shows. But with PodSearch.com, it's easy. Find podcasts by categories, subcategories, keywords, top shows, and new shows. Listen to show samples and gather your favorites with bookmarks. You'll love discovering more podcasts with PodSearch. Check out PodSearch.com and be sure to download our free mobile app today. And we're back. So welcome, Jen. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your experience with PBC? Hi, Adela. Uh, Thank you for having me. Um, This is my first podcast ever, so I'm excited to be here. Yay! Yay! Uh, Yeah, so about a year ago, I think it was, contacted me to start a chapter in Geneva of your podcast brunch club and um i was all for it because i love podcasts um as pretty much everyone who has joined your podcast brunch club does so pretty excited to have been the first chapter of yeah PBC. you guys were the first chapter yeah so and we've been going strong for about a little bit over a year and um everybody's super psyched because you know i think like you've said before we all kind of listened to our podcasts in silence and, you know, had no one to share it with. And we'd always be that person in conversation, like, I heard this podcast about and, you know, and they just kind of look at you funny and, you know. Yeah. Oh, no. Podcast again. Really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so when we found our kindred spirits <laughs> amongst yeah. ourselves, um, you know, every time at the end of each of our monthly meetings, we always leave like, oh, we really love this. This is so great. You know, it's just nice to come together to talk about something that's completely different. I think what I particularly appreciate is the themes around each month because there are topics that I may not have looked into at all ever, you know, just Mm -hmm. not have crossed my mind to listen to a podcast about prison or education, you know, or climate Mm -hmm. change even, which is what we're talking about this month. I just think that I feel a lot more educated and Happy to be part of this. Thanks. And for those of you listening, Jen and I have known each other for quite a while. So we met in (laughs) Ethiopia, actually, when we were both living there and working for various nonprofits. 
God, that was like 2009. Close to Yeah, it was 2009. Eight years, nine years. And now she's living in Geneva, and we've kept in touch. And when I thought of Podcast Brunch Club and starting chapters in different places, she was the first person I talked to. So <laughs> I'm super excited that she and the rest of the Geneva chapter folks put the listening list together. And I'm excited to talk to Jen about it. So tell me first, why did you guys pick climate change? When you were choosing topics, what was the discussion? You know, it's pretty funny, actually. I just kind of threw it out there at one of the meetings. I'm like, would you guys like to curate one of the monthly topics? And everybody's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, So what do you think would be an interesting topic? And the first person spoke up, said climate change. And I said, why? And she said, well, I think that's a pretty pertinent topic right now. And I think there'd be a lot to discuss around it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds yeah. pretty good. What does everybody else think? And I mean, it was, it was that easy. It's pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. It was that yeah. easy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And it should be, you know, yeah. like, because sometimes picking the podcast in the listening list can be a lot more work. So yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me, I was like, climate change, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like a lot of these topics that I don't get super excited. And then I get to see, you know, how much there is to it. And then I'm like, wow, okay. What was the most compelling of the four podcasts we listened to for you? It was absolutely the astronaut one podcast. Because you used to work for NASA. Yes, I used to work for NASA. Um, I don't yeah. actually think that's why I love that podcast so much, although maybe some internal bias there that I'm not aware of, but uh, sure. um, yeah, no, I, I just loved the way that the interview was conducted, Pierce himself and how passionate he was about climate change and just the segments that they interspersed throughout the, the, um, the podcast itself, particularly yeah. uh, Carl Sagan's words. When I heard that, I was almost like cried because it was um, super, super moving when put into the context of climate change and really... I had listened to a lot of podcasts on climate change at that point when I found this one. And having heard so much pessimism, I think that this particular podcast felt a little bit more optimistic than most of the other ones sure. I had listened to. And for that particular reason, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. He is, wow, inspiring. Like, yeah. spoiler alert for those of you who haven't yet listened to the podcast, maybe skip ahead 10 seconds. But he talked a little bit about this cancer diagnosis, stage four cancer, you know, maybe has like a year and a half to live and he goes back to work. Yeah. Because he feels so passionately about it. I don't know. I don't know that I'd have the wherewithal when you get news like that. I, to... It was so interesting because when he said he got the diagnosis, he was like, yeah, so it took me about 10 minutes to get over the shock. And I was like, 10 minutes? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you have stage four cancer. And that's, that's just yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that when you're super passionate about something like that, that that that's a possibility when you get a diagnosis like that. And I mean, he's the true sure. definition of of living your life in the moment. Mm -hmm. I think it helps you not to dwell on the fact that your life's going to be cut short. It helps you focus on other things and the things that you love. And that was one of the yeah. things he loved. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true passion. So there was the primer episode from Everyday Einstein, which I thought was really interesting and like kind of set the stage. But that was really what it did. It just set the stage. Yeah. The reason I included that was because I felt that, like me, there might be other people out there who don't really know what causes climate change or like what is the science behind it. And I wanted to find something quite simple and quite brief that could explain that. And this was the yeah. best podcast I found that was able to do that in a, in a really clear way and even yeah. give you a little experiment to do. 
Science Versus yeah, actually did a, a, a great did. episode on, on yeah. the science behind it. Um, but we didn't include that here due to obvious limitations. But it's on the listening list if anyone wants to listen to that. Um, I would highly recommend it to, to get a really a good full picture of the science behind um, climate change. Yeah. Science Versus has so many great episodes that they hit do. a lot of our themes. Two months ago, I think we featured a Science Versus episode. And I try to encourage people to mix it up a bit. Yeah, mix it up. <laughs> Just because I think part of what we're trying to do is also expose people to different podcasts and maybe get them hooked on podcasts that they wouldn't normally seek out and then think, oh, maybe I'll subscribe to this one. Yeah, I definitely have done that multiple times through BBC. Yeah. Like, oh, this sounds great. I'll go yeah. there and I subscribe. The, the thing that I really liked about the Everyday Einstein, it was very simple. Just like you said, it gave you a good sort of overview, very quick, like not super in-depth, but... I don't know if you saw this, but on the website or maybe on the iTunes little description, it's for like K through 12. Huh? No, I didn't. It's for kids. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it doesn't mean that like, obviously it doesn't mean adults can't listen, but I think it's awesome to see all these like podcasts that are focused on kids yep. coming out of the woodwork. I think NPR is now doing one called Wow in the World. And there's a couple of other ones that I've heard about lately that are focused specifically on children, which is kind of awesome. I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, to me as an adult, I find these to be super educational. And so for a right. kid, I mean, I think it's a really good medium to, you know, keep a child's attention. Even like the non-educational ones, because I can imagine I have a nephew who's four and knows how to use the iPad, knows how to go to YouTube and find his videos and knows how to use DVR. I mean, it's crazy what he knows how to use, but he will sit there in front of the iPad watching these people play with toys, you know, around a train track and stuff. I do not get it, but he's fascinated by it. And to me, I'm thinking to myself, like being inundated with content, visual, audio, everything, it basically makes it so that you don't have to use your imagination at all. And so podcasts and you just have the audio almost forces the kids to kind of imagine what's being described to them. I feel like it just kind of keeps that creativity and imagination alive. But that's a little tangent. I don't want to go too yeah, far no, down no, that. No, that's that's <laughs> totally true, though. Absolutely. But the other two, the terrestrial episode on the decision to have children mm -hmm. in the wake of climate change and the United States of anxiety were also super interesting. Terrestrial, the one about deciding to have children, it's scary. You know, like it's a scary thing to think about, you know, and I don't have kids, but thinking about my niece and nephew, my mind goes to these science fiction movies where it's just wasteland and everybody's fighting for everything and water is scarce and food is scarce and you know as soon as water becomes scarce like it's just mayhem and it's just scary to think what is it 97 percent of scientists yeah. are in agreement that this is a real possibility and you think about having kids of like oh i'm gonna have a baby i'm gonna raise this kid and then he's you know and you imagine that sort of micro level thing right but not the macro like what is this kid gonna have to endure Right. as a human being on this planet. Right. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I found the topic, I mean, it definitely caught my eye when I saw it. I was like, well, it's just something that mm -hmm. had never crossed my mind. Um, I don't have kids myself either, but I plan to, I hope to. And I think that I understand the concerns around it. You know, I mean, obviously climate change is a huge deal and what kind of planet are we going to leave behind for our kids? I mean, even if I don't have kids, I think it should be a concern you know, what kind of planet are we leaving behind and what kind of legacy are we going to leave behind? 
However, I think, you know, one of the questions I put on the, on the questions list um, was, do you think this would actually be more of a motivation to do your part to, right. to improve the situation versus, right. you know, I mean, I feel like almost, okay, well, I'm not going to have kids. Well, then I don't really, you know, have to worry about it as much. I mean, checking out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think that necessarily was the point of the people that she interviewed on the podcast. I think certainly they were so concerned about it that they thought bringing a child into the world was a really bad idea. But to be honest, I think 99% of people, this is just not something they think about in either way. Yeah. And I think the people who are thinking about not having kids, I mean, in addition to thinking about the child that they would be bringing into the world, that micro level kind of view, they were thinking of, okay, the more people we add to this earth, the worse the problem is going to get. So in some ways, they think of it as not having kids is my contribution toward fixing the problem. Yeah. Which was interesting. But then there was the counterpoint that um, somebody said having kids could be motivation for forward thinking, because then if you're you're motivated for making the world a better place after you've left that world because of your kids, then, you know, maybe that's the driver for change. And I kind of like the argument as well about, well, what if that kid that you didn't have was the one who could have solved this problem? You know, obviously that's so out there, but I mean, it is a possibility that you're choosing to not have a child that could really do some good in the world. And I mean, ultimately the problem of overpopulation And I don't know if this came out in this episode or if it's something that I've heard somewhere else, but, you know, in the past, I mean, it's been a huge concern. It was, oh, it was, it was a podcast I listened to as part of this, and it was about Nazi Germany and how they used this type of propaganda as well to promote their political agenda of saying that there's too many of us. And so we have to eliminate a large portion of society because there's only enough space for some of us it, because we're going to yeah. use all the resources of our planet. So, I mean, that was not too long ago, but I think that mm-hmm. it's it's not a new argument and our population has been just exponentially increasing. Yeah. And they talked about that. They said there was somebody named Malthus, I think was his name. And he said that human beings are bad at moderation and war and disease are natural checks on the population. And he was against government support for the poor. For those reasons of like, this is natural selection. It's like your survival of the fittest. Type survival thing. of the fittest. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about the medical advances that we have, right? So not only are we having more kids, but people are living longer. But I think it's interesting because it depends on which part of the world you're talking about. True. So, I mean, if you're in the U.S., I mean, the average number of kids is probably two or three. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in Africa or in Asia, that number goes up significantly. And part of the reason for that is because they don't have the health care and, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know how Survival. many of those children will actually survive. And so in the end, a lot of them do. And you have this significant population increase. Yeah, it's interesting. And then they also brought up, and we both know this from working in developing countries, that educating girls is seen as a good thing for the girls, but also for population, right? Like educated girls have lower birth rates. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, if we bring climate change back into that, climate change is also having the greatest impact on that part of the world. 
you know, right. so they're the ones who are going to pay the price for all of the technology that our smart brains invented over here on the other side of the world. So, you know, but I think that Africa shows so much promise in terms of leapfrogging uh, Leap technologies frogging. and things. So like right now, yes. I think they have the opportunity to be the future of what the world will be in terms mm -hmm. of handling climate change. You know, they can skip to solar panels and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, it's super interesting because I remember when I was there just thinking, my God, everybody has a cell phone here. And like, yep. People did not have landlines. They leapfrogged landlines exactly. and went right to cell phones. I think Tesla just came out with a new solar panel that's supposed to be more durable or easier to install or something. So with these technological advances, hopefully those places can leapfrog what's happening here, where it's just like a total infrastructure change here. Exactly. And you also yeah. have windmill technology and, you know, alternative energy resources right. that they can put in rural areas that had nothing before. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I think that the technological revolution that could surround climate change could be really, really amazing. And I think mm -hmm. that if the U.S. isn't careful and if we, uh, you know, continue to vote politicians into office who don't believe in climate change and, and part of the climate denial movement, uh, we're going to be in real trouble and we're going to fall behind economically as well. And I think it, there's a Republican woman, I saw a video at one point, who said that, you know, us climate change believers don't know how to argue the case to deniers or to Republicans or however you want. Well, how do you fight crazy? <laughs> like, how do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's how I feel. It's like, how do you argue with a crazy person? Yeah. Well, I think some of them have some reason not perhaps the highest one uh, in power right. at the moment, but a lot of right. them do have reason. And I think it's just focusing on the right thing. And what this woman who is a Republican said, and she believes in climate change, is that you have to look at it from a more economic angle. I mean, nothing, absolutely nothing against the coal miners, you know, and they're, but they're a very, very small portion of the population. I mean, I think somebody at the Geneva Podcast Club throughout this number of about 75,000 people. Yeah. So that's nothing. And I mean, they can easily be retrained to right. work in another field. And I think right. that we're focusing our energy on that. And the woman is like, okay, focus on the economics of it. And all yeah. this new technology that yeah. could reduce the carbon impact on our planet, you know, developing yeah. a carbon capture system, um, things like this. That's super interesting. Yeah. She's saying basically like, fight them by going to where they're coming from. Exactly. I mean, I said, how do you fight crazy? I don't think they're crazy. I just think that they have different motivations right. than, than maybe I do. And so fight them from their point of motivation. And if their point of motivation is economics, but I also think it's power or political will, then go there and yeah. show them that, no, you're, you're looking at it the wrong way. This is the way you need to look at it. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you probably wouldn't want to go in there that way, but <laughs> uh, right, you know, no. there's a technique, and obviously, we no one has really gotten that down. Yeah. You try to argue the science, and that does not work. You know, right, and using right. this piece of evidence and this peer-reviewed journal article isn't going to right. convince anyone on the other side. But you know what I have such a hard time with when people bring up like the coal miners and the this and the that is like 
it's not being used anymore. Horse yeah. and buggy aren't the used anymore. Mm-hmm. And we've gone to cars. Was there a horse and buggy lobby back when cars were being invented? Probably. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem to me like a valid reason not to move forward. Absolutely. You know, and like, I, I just think that a lot of people, you know, when it's what they do, it's what they know. So you think about the coal miner. Uh, this has been in their families. You know, it could be a yeah. generational thing. They've This is all they know. So you can see why they don't want their way of life changed. You know, so many people are resistant to change. And sure. and this is why there are these lobbies and probably why there was a horse and buggy lobby back in the day. <laughs> because seriously, people are like, I want to drive my horse and buggy and I don't want this new <laughs> crazy technology with like, I don't know, a motor. Like, what is that? You know, like taking me yeah. around town. I want to go slow and I don't want to go fast. You know, like whatever. Yeah. Like, there are arguments. Yeah. But I mean, that's human yeah. nature. And, and I think that we have to figure out the way to, to fight that and... Um, there was one of the podcasts that was recommended on the Facebook page that unfortunately I didn't get the chance to listen to, but I, I hope to, is on humanizing science. It was yeah. the Warm Regards podcast, if I'm not hmm. mistaken. And so I think that there's a lot of discussion on how we articulate and communicate our side better because it's clear that we are not doing it a good job right now. Yeah. Although, yeah. that said... I honestly believe that that climate denial group is really small and it's just that they're really loud. That's how it always is with these things. It's the people who have really, really loud voices and the media takes it and runs with it and, you know, basically expands that voice and makes it seem equal to the other one when in fact it's not. Yeah, it's true. The other thing that I thought was super interesting about the United States of anxiety was it seems so crazy to me that like one individual who happens to be present at the time, his feelings about nature and the outdoors and the environment makes such a huge impact on the rest of the world. Like the guy who was talking about, I think he was the EPA director under George W. Bush, was talking about, you know, George W. Bush really was an outdoorsman and he really liked being in nature and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, this seems irrelevant to me. Why does it matter that one guy who happens to be present enjoys nature and so therefore it's gonna dictate how everybody else then fast forward to now with trump he's i can't imagine much of a nature guy he's probably used to be in air-conditioned high-rises all the time yeah or golfing (laughs) and this guy just doesn't enjoy it and doesn't appreciate it so the rest of the world has to suffer it just seems so yeah, I mean, I guess I mean, you can look at it in a way like it's interesting that George H.W. Bush had this particular opinion because I think your environment and, and how you grow up and influences mm-hmm. your politics. And yeah. and so obviously Reagan didn't have mm-hmm. this politics. Republicans in general believe climate change should not be on the political well, agenda because it affects the economics. So, you know, you have to put more regulations in place against industries and they don't want to do that. And, you know, only Bush, because as you said, grew up in an environment that allowed him to have this appreciation of nature and the environment and why a lot of people in his party were really not happy with him at the time. Yeah. But then, of course, we had Clinton Gore right after that. Right. And so obviously that helped move forward the agenda. And then we had Obama right. and the Paris Agreement that we're now pulling out of. You know, it's it's yeah. it's unfortunate that climate change has to be so tightly 
associated with politics because it's really not at all. And I think I had listened to a TED talk by Al Gore and he basically said, we have a reason to be optimistic, you know, and he started off his presentation with all the doom and gloom and how we're going to reach this two degree target probably. And, you know, but then he said, you know, we can change this, you know, we have so many people working on this. And then I think that's the incredible thing is how many people out there are working on climate change. Yeah. So many people, you have NASA, you have the UN, you have countless number of engineers and, and people trying to come up with solutions to the problem. And I think that we can't forget that. Yeah. And it's interesting also how the sliver of people who deny climate change, it's a small minority, but they're amplified. And they talked about on the United States of anxiety about how the media plays a role in that amplification and how they'll interview a scientist about climate change. And then to show the quote unquote counterpoint, the interview a politician. Yeah. And they made a really good point of like, you would never interview a researcher who found a vaccine for HIV and go to a counterpoint for a politician. It's science. It's not politics. Yeah. Actually, that's an interesting counterpoint, because if I think about back in the Reagan administration and HIV, that was also a political issue, in fact. So, I I mean, she she made that particular point in, in a very specific way, which, of course, you could not you wouldn't say on the opposite, like, we've come up with a vaccine and it, you know, it solves this problem. And the counterpoint is somebody saying, well, I don't believe so, you know? Yeah, right. Um, or I don't believe in HIV. Yeah. Yeah. But back in uh, the early 80s, when HIV was discovered, you know, it was very much a political issue because it was a gay disease. And so sure. it didn't matter. And it didn't exist for heterosexuals. And that caused a lot of heterosexual lives to be taken and for this disease to progress unabated because Mm -hmm. politicians got in the way. Yeah. It's all about the politics. So I wanted to do that. Our last segment, which is tell us what your favorite podcast of all time is, or your favorite podcast right now is and an episode to start with. Sure. Um, I love podcasts and I love psychology type (laughs) podcasts, particularly. Um, And right now my favorite is probably invisibilia. I've listened to all of season one, and I thought it was fantastic. And season two has started off really great. And so I would probably recommend that anyone who's new to Invisibilia start with season two and then go back to listen to season one. But season two, I think, uh, sucks you in right away. So the first episode of season two, that's about emotions, right? Yep, exactly. I'll put that link on the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. And can't wait to chat with you again soon. All right. Thanks, Adela. This is fun. Thanks for joining me and Jen in our discussion about climate change. I know we barely scratched the surface. There's so much to learn, and these episodes made me so much more curious to learn as much as I can. I hope you will consider sharing your own reflections about the episodes or our discussion by sending in a voice memo to podcast at podcastbrunchclub.com. Don't forget, PBC is a community and we want to hear what you have to say. Next month, our theme will be the future of the human body. And you can find the episode lineup at podcastbrunchclub.com slash futurehuman. Finally, a quick call for help. There are so many ways that you can support Podcast Brunch Club. The easiest way is to write a review for us on iTunes. This will help others find us, and the more people that join our community, the wider the variety of perspectives we can share. 
If you have a couple of dollars to spare every month, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash podcastbrunchclub. Finally, if you work for an organization that may want to sponsor Podcast Brunch Club, or you're a podcast creator that wants to get the word out about your project, visit podcastbrunchclub.com slash sponsors. Thanks, and happy listening. You've been listening to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. It's an international team effort. This episode was written and presented by Adela Mizrachi in Chicago, USA, and produced by Emily Knight, that's me, in Bristol, UK. This episode featured Jen Barrigan in Geneva, Switzerland. Music on this episode from Poddington Bear under a Creative Commons license. This track is called A1 Rogue. You can find more of his music at poddingtonbear.bandcamp.com.